Hello, you are listening to the North Riverside Library Tech Team Podcast. Mike Bradley here, and in a moment, I'll be joined by Empress and Sarah from the Library Tech Team. On this week's episode, we're talking about the two most popular music streaming services, Apple Music and Spotify. We'll also take a look at some truly bizarre Wikipedia articles and discuss the funniest names we saw in this year's Name of the Year tournament. Before we get to that, I just want to remind everybody to keep checking the library website, www.northriversidelibrary.org, or the library Facebook page for the latest information on reopening, as well as all the ways that we're maintaining access to library resources online. I also want to remind everyone that the library staff is still available even while the building remains closed. If you or someone you know has a technology question or would like to speak to someone from the tech team or anyone else at the library, please email us at tech at northriversidelibrary.org. You can also call the library's main line at 708-447-0869 and leave a message. We check those messages every day and we'll be happy to arrange for somebody to give you a call. Now, let's get to the episode. You guys ready for the for the debate? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll tr- uh, let's go, I guess. I'm kind of <laughs> nervous. <laughs> well, I think, you know, these days um, in the quarantine, we probably all are um, listening to more music than ever. We're using more streaming stuff than ever. So it'd be a good time to um, it'd be a good time to re re tackle this this debate. The two biggest music services going with in terms of number of users. You've got your Spotify, you've got your Apple Music, and I understand that the two of you have your favorites. And I thought we would uh, we could we could sort of litigate the case of the Apple Music versus Spotify, and I believe. Sarah, you are you are a big Apple Music fan. Is this correct? Yes, I am. I've, I've been notorious for like really not liking Spotify. And then uh, Empress is, is clearly a big Spotify fan. I am shook, Sarah. I didn't know you were that critical on Spotify. <laughs> what did we do to you? <laughs> I, I'm critical. I'm that critical about everything. Oh my god. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, I just and and what's funny is that like during quarantine the last like week or so, two one or two weeks, I've been using Spotify again and it's just confirmed to me why I don't like it. <laughs> oh really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking, you know, in this exercise here, um, I will I will take on the role of um, an undecided user, right? I've used several of these things, but I've never stuck with one of them. Uh, full-time or for very long. So I would like to ask some questions of you guys um, to help me make up my mind on, on on which is the best. All right? All right. Let's go. Okay. So, well, you're pretty fired up about this, Daryl. Can you just tell us what are the main reasons that you let, that you chose Apple Music? I think that my main like the way that I conceptualize the sort of divide between Apple Music and Spotify is the divide between albums versus playlists in the way like you organize your consumption of music. Um, I feel like it's very inconvenient on Spotify to listen to just like 
a full album start to finish no shuffle in the order like and i don't i don't care how this sounds i'm just gonna say it that's the way music is supposed to be listened to oh (laughs) the classic listener that is a very that's a very that's a very critic uh a a critic's point there that's uh you should enjoy it the way that it was that it was originally made and intended albums to be are like books you know albums are like books i think and you should listen to them in order I, maybe not in order but you should listen to them as a unit mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and i feel like spotify is much more sort of a, a whole uh, curating a vibe for you rather than appreciating the artistry of the music i don't know maybe i'm digging too deep into this but i uh i personally for my needs and consumption prefer the apple music setup for that so you would uh, you, you you would basically so your main your main case is that you you prefer apple music because you feel like it's centered around the album as opposed to the playlist yes right? exactly so you think you think it's better for so if you're the type of person who prefers to listen to albums in their entirety then this is geared more towards that kind of music fan Exactly. Uh, I don't know, Empress, what do you think about that? Um, well, I never have, me- uh, like, down, well, not downloaded, but I never used Apple Music before because I've heard some hard cr- critiques about it. And I've, um, like, one of the things I've heard is that they're pretty slow on coming out with certain music. Like, when it comes to, um, like coming out with said like the latest pop album or the latest rock album they're kind of they they like to hold on or like certain EPs or certain like um mixed arts or mixed music they they tend to hold out on that and as a person who likes like what I like playlists I like to listen to the artists and what they come out with no matter if it is coming from an album or it's just coming from like a ep and especially if it's trending on social media or it's just like the talk on the radio i won't want to just and i really like it i want to actually go right to it instead of like wait and um actually hold on and you know see what apple is is talking about over time but I mean, I understand your point, though, when it comes to appreciating the art of music when it comes through um, listening in its entirety. Like, especially if they have an intro and outro and it actually flows. Like, (laughs) you know, I I, I totally get what you're saying. I think that the one thing that I have that I can give up Spotify credit for is that it's really good for discovering new music and like seeing what's just fresh out there. They keep their finger on the pulse of what's going on really well. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot, like a lot of it's hashtag trending. And I, I don't know, like that, that doesn't necessarily, I don't necessarily prioritize that because I like to discover music on my own. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally But you're right about that. that. Sure, like, you're right about that. The, I can totally, I have really have to concede to that, that, like, Apple Music takes a little bit to release the newest stuff. 
well yeah but I do also understand like when you're just in the flow of a certain artist especially like your favorite album you don't want it to jump from one um one thing to the next especially if you you know you know its entirety and you have a favorite song that's coming next and yeah I do understand I could say just as, as, as somebody who's a bit of an outsider to this um, debate here, it, it does seem to me that like Spotify has more of a reputation as kind of a, um, a tastemaker um, in terms of like promoting, promoting new releases and like helping people to discover m- new music um, in particular. Yeah. Whereas I feel like Apple music is a little bit geared towards that more traditional um, model of like pe- people who maybe grew up on listening to albums, maybe the same people who were buying album downloads on iTunes back before yeah. the streaming really took off. So, and um, you know what I just realized, Mike? I feel like I'm on the millennial side of a millennial Gen Z debate. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and I'm really old all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Well, you just you just barely make the cutoff, right? Yeah. So, I'm and like, I think oh. that this this shows that this is where you lean. You really lean into that millennial side of it. <laughs> we, I, that's that's another thing too. Is like I feel like uh, Spotify is really designed for people who are used to consuming music in like a social media era, and Apple Music reflects more like the iTunes iPhone mini era that I grew up in and how I discovered music and like came to, to like it and listen to it. Um, mm. So I, when, mm. I, when I have Apple music on my phone, I feel like I'm scrolling through a version of my iPod from when I was 13. I still have that same like uh, experience in the consumption of it and the interaction with the app. Um, and I like, I find that much more, legible than whatever i feel like i don't understand what's going on inside the spotify app i don't know what i'm looking <laughs> i don't know I mean, how to find what i'm looking for I, for me like i understand the old you know the nostalgia i uh, like the little mini shuffles that everybody had in the playground but like for me i was more of a mp3 player type of person and, like, everything wasn't really, like, you know, everything wasn't really aligned with albums and, uh, like, uh, artists. It's just, it was all just mixed in one. You just listen to whatever you wanted to, and you just skip to whatever. Um, oh, that's yeah. so interesting. I never thought about it like that. that uh, right. That's why, that's why uh, playlists are such a big deal. Right. I There's mean, right next mm-hmm. like what's next what what am I feeling what am I feeling next type of thing or as I like I did you know when my sister she was more of a uh, apple girl you know had her little apple shuffle she was like you I have to have the playlist well not playlist excuse me I have to have the album like it has to be in you know in in its entirety and me it's more like uh, I have a few songs from the album I like I'll pick those and download those. <laughs> and if, if it plays, it'll play type of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, and I mean, playlists, I think 
I like, well, the one thing I like about Spotify when it comes to creating playlists, the AI catches your type of vibe, I will say, quote unquote, like it'll catch it real quick. Like if you're listening to listening to a said artist or said genre, that uh, the music AI would catch it really quick and it'll start to bring up certain music that you probably liked in your liked in um, your liked music or whatever artist that you tend to listen to often. It'll soon to kind of pop up or artists that they worked with soon starts to pop up too. Which that's the thing I like about Spotify. That's true, but don't you worry? And maybe this is like another thing that will age me, but don't you worry that it knows too much about you? (laughs) Oh my god! I never thought about it that way. Don't you worry that they're just promoting things that like they own? You know, they're just shoving... That's another fear of mine. Like, if I'm not searching the music from the music myself, Mm -hmm. am I just letting a company tell me what to listen to? Oh, that this is a very rabbit hole discussion. <laughs> I love it. I love how the debate has has changed. Uh, <laughs> um, one thing I would say is positive. Um, it, well, it's negative and it's positive, but the the way that the the music uh, industry has consolidated um, in recent years to where um, there are basically like three companies that that own, you know, 90 something percent of all, all the music. Um, it, the one positive that comes out of that is that you basically get almost the same library of choices on whichever of these services you use. There's a few exclusives to each one. And like you were talking about, the timing might be a little different on when, um, when each one gets, gets the newest stuff, but, but, you're you're getting you know 99% of the same stuff no matter which one, it's just the the different features of each service that will set it apart from the others, which I think is it's it's kind of nice. You you almost can't go wrong. You just pick the one that that appeals to you personally the best, as opposed to with movie streaming where no service is close to having the majority of of movies on it. Yeah. Um. So mm-hmm. that's that's one one nice thing that 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 unfortunate consolidation of of power in the music industry has brought us is that um you we kind of live in an amazing time where you can subscribe to one of these and you can hear almost any song ever which is which is you know which is pretty cool yeah speaking of speaking of subscribing and the price do you both feel like these are worth the money that you have to to pay for them i'm still on a student discount don't tell apple Don't let Tim Apple find out about that. Don't let Tim I know, Apple right? I graduated in December. Um, so what does it normally cost? I think it's like nine ninety nine. Yeah, and you get it for I, how much? I, I pay six dollars. I pay five ninety. Six six bucks a month, not bad. And Spotify yeah. is that also? Um, I know that there's the there's a free version with with all the ads, and then it's what ten bucks a month for the for the pro. Yeah. So when it comes to Spotify, you. There's a bundle with Hulu. Oh, Hulu, excuse me. That that if you download that, Hulu comes with the subscription. Oh wow. uh, Yes. So with the student thing, uh, with the student discount, I was paying like five bucks a month for both Spotify and Hulu. Damn. So 
Yes. <laughs> I, that, I mean, it's a really good deal. Granted, yeah, you have to deal with the, you know, it's, it's a basic, but you could upgrade if you choose to, as well as, you know, if you want other people on your Spotify account or your Hulu account that can also, you know, they, they sync together. So that's what I like about um, Spotify is like, hey, Hulu's right around the corner. So might as well get a two for one deal. Okay. Well, there, there you have it, folks. So, so first, enroll in, enroll in college, so you get, to <laughs> get about a hundred thousand dollars in debt. <laughs> Absolutely, you so might lose a pair. <laughs> well, um, I have another question, and this is this one is I think particularly relevant to older folks like me. Um, I know you can use these on your phones; they have apps that are great. Do do these work well on the desktop for old school people? If you're used to using iTunes, you can use iTunes with Apple Music. So, really? yeah, it, it, it's the desktop app is just Apple. It's just iTunes. Okay. What Same, with Spotify? Spotify. Same with Spotify here. It's like if you know how to maneuver the interface on your mobile um, phone, then you can do it on your desktop. And uh, another thing I like about uh, Spotify, it connects all like let's say if you're on your desktop and you're using the desktop version and you still are on the mobile version you can use your cell phone as a remote dj and you can play it off of your computer instead of off your phone so that's what i like about it too especially if you're in another room (laughs) and you're like cleaning something and you don't feel like going all the way back to the computer and changing the track you can just change it off your phone this is this, this sounds pretty wild this is um, a lot different from how we did it back in my day where you had to like get the get the you know boom box and like hold it up to another radio and record the song off the radio <laughs> and, <you> know, <laughs> and make your own mixtape that way. Um, you guys okay. walk so we could run, you know. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> um, what would you say is the the number one feature? Of, of your preferred service? Well, good thought. Let's like, huh. The number one feature for me huh, is the, the For You page. So in the For You page, you kind of get, in Apple Music, you kind of get the Spotify vibe where it's a more of a curated selection based on your tastes. But it's also where you can keep up with artists that you already follow. Um, and it, it, I feel like because it's album based, and even though lately it's been shifting more towards playlist based, and it's kind of giving me anxiety, but uh, <laughs> they'll pay attention to not only to your artist taste, but to your genre tastes, um, but also give you like a really wide range, and the choice is still yours. In in a in a respect, like there's here's a big list of things you can listen to, but we haven't put them together for you. Uh, it's just like a page to look at and to choose i um and it can help like you know uh if you if you're in a different mood that day and you don't know what you want to listen to i i like scrolling through the for you page every day updated daily all right well for me um what i like about spotify is that well they either show a music video clip it rather than the uh discography like i like that especially if it's um their new music 
new music video just dropping and you want to see clippets of it. Um, or also I like the, um, uh, the collaboration with Lyric Genius, the lyrics comes up too if you want to uh, read the lyrics as well with listening. So I like that collab that they have with Spotify. I, w- I do like to see the uh, the genius explanations of the lyrics sometimes. So yes. <laughs> I, that, would, that would come in handy. Um, okay, one more hard question. Uh, is there anything about your pick that you don't like? Mm. For sure. Yeah. 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 For yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I radio feature and I hate their mm. playlists. Playlists <laughs> suck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You've made that clear. You're not a fan of playlists. No, there are, there are good playlists out there. I make my own playlists and mm-hmm. I think that they're fine. And the, like once other people make, I feel like I vibe way better with the ones that AI makes or whatever their tastemakers make. Like, uh, I think they suck. I think that these people really don't have that great of a taste. <laughs> uh, so I never listen to the curated playlist. Oh, I, wow. I, I understand. I mean, okay. for me, uh, their podcast on Spotify, eh, it's pretty hard to navigate through. I'm not even going to lie. And their t- selection of podcasts. I mean, they have the popular TED Talks and, you know, your morning affirmation ones. But when it comes to, like, actual entertainment, yeah, they could do better. They could do better. Also, um, if you're, you know, if you're around children and you like certain music um, and it requires, you know, certain lyrics to be cleaned, you might have to actually dig for that. That that that's one thing that's a kind of a con too. I mean, they do have a children's corner or um, music that they can that's solely for children. But if like you're you're trying to let them listen to more popular music or things of that nature, and you want the cleaner version, you might have to do some digging for that, which is a con for me. Oh, that's interesting. Right. Not a lot of people mention that. That's like a concern I didn't realize people have. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is um, this is this is this is helpful. I think while we're here, we should also just briefly mention um the other options that are out there. Um, I know there's a there's a few more um, you know, popular services. If you have any thoughts on any of these, you can uh, chime in here. But um, I know that um, you've got uh, title, right? Yeah. Um, which is um, this also has a, almost the same library that 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 the other two have, but it focuses on um, supposedly having higher quality uh, streaming, uh, higher bit rate. Um, I've used it. I can't really tell the difference. Um, <laughs> you guys have any thoughts <laughs> on that? I use it as well, and I can't really tell the difference either. It's more of a fandom thing, I would say the least. And then the, um, there's Amazon Music, which um, I don't think that many people use, but there's really nothing that sets that one apart except that if you subscribe to Amazon Prime, you get to have it a little cheaper, I think, for you know, $7.99 a month. So maybe if um, you're just trying to save a couple of bucks above all else, um, you, could, you could go with that one. But I've used it before, and it's, it feels very generic. Never. I'm guessing you guys never use the Amazon. <laughs> no, never, ever in my life. <laughs> 
One uh, interesting new contender is, of course, YouTube Music. Yes. Um, <laughs> which, the, which, which Google is pushing really hard. Um, and uh, the, um, the big thing with, with YouTube Music is that not only does it have the full music library that basically the same as everybody else, but you can also use anything that's on YouTube and put that into your playlists too. So uh, some people like that, if they like to watch a lot of, you know, live performance on YouTube or, or people doing covers of songs and they put that into their playlists, then you can do that too. I've, I've used it before and I personally really don't like combining my YouTube with my music. So that one is kind of a no for me. Um, <clears throat> have you tried it? Have either of you tried it? I I'm have. to pay for anything on YouTube. That is also <laughs> true. I will not. No. no. But I have used it. <laughs> it's convenient at times, but I, mm, no. Yeah. And they have a, a, a just typical Google. They have several confusing options. You can have the free version with the ads or you can pay $10 a month for the, the full version, or you can pay, I think it's $11.99 a month, and you get the premium YouTube music, plus you get no ads on YouTube, just regular YouTube if you do that. So mm -hmm. if you really hate ads that much on YouTube and you want to pay 12 bucks a month, well, now you got an option, and it comes with a streaming service. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm, kind of, I'm with Sarah on that one. I don't. It feels weird to pay for YouTube. I'm I don't mind skipping the five second ad. Um, I can I can deal with it. Right. I, yeah. I really can too. That's not. Um, there's a few more I, I could mention here. You know, Pandora is still out there. Oh it's, yes. It's still kicking. I guess technically that is. It's more of a internet radio. Um, kind of a pioneer in internet radio, but they do have a um, uh, on-demand streaming option now that you can pay the same $10 a month for. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's that that one is a is an idea whose time has passed. I don't know if you yeah. guys like that one. If uh, Spotify's Gen Z and Apple Music's Millennial, then Pandora's pretty boomer. <laughs> it is. It's very, that and iHeartRadio is iHeartRadio. I, 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 I don't even have that one on my list. I mean, uh, it's, I would say that's probably Gen X and Y. iHeartRadio. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, we got to mention SoundCloud. Yes, um, yes. SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Support SoundCloud. your local artists. Yeah, good for, like, <laughs> for, for indie artists, for independent uh, folks, uh, people just trying to get started, right? It's good for that. Yes. And if you want to new stuff, be on the up and up, you should be on SoundCloud, yeah. to be honest. Um, has anybody used Deezer? Um, so Deezer is an up-and-coming <laughs> uh, up streaming service that comes out of France. Um, it's, it's getting quite popular in Europe, but it's available here as well. So maybe if you haven't started with one of these others and you just want to try new, the new kid on the block, Deezer. Looks intriguing. Um, what about Dat Piff? Does anybody use Dat Piff? What? What are they? The, they sound like rappers. <laughs> they, they do. You never they heard really of it? Do. It's absolutely a real service. It's been around for like 15 years. It's uh, yeah, it's 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 basically for mixtapes. Oh. oh, that's why it sounds understandable. 
Uh, it also has just my favorite name out of all of the streaming services. So I had to mention it. Of course. Um, <laughs> so um, anyway, I guess, you know, we this this turned into a much longer debate than I thought. We could go on about this for a while. But I don't want to I want to spend too much time on this, especially because I know we want to get to second installment of the Wikipedia Club and get some very intriguing articles today. Can I just say I'm so glad this segment is back. <laughs> I love the Wikipedia Club. It is quickly becoming a favorite. Um, I think because of so I've, I've read everybody's articles and I think because of the way that um well I, I feel like I should go first and then we should go to Sarah's and then go to Empress. Is that okay with everybody? Yeah, cool. Okay. Um so my pick is the article about Donald Crowhurst, who is uh, or who was a a a guy who got himself into some trouble when he tried to uh get involved with a, a, a solo around the world uh boat race. And, um, well, he, he really got in over his head and um, he didn't survive. Um, did, did you guys enjoy this, uh, this, this article? Is it, it's, it's pretty wild, right? It, it was. Um, so Joy is a rough word. Yeah. It's a little dark, a little grim, but I, <laughs> I'm, I'm fascinated by, by, this, by this guy's story. So, uh, so just on the on the surface of it, so it's there was a there was this there was this big boat race in the 60s. Um, uh, British newspaper sponsored this this boat race. They were going to see who could make the first ever solo trip around the world in a boat without stopping nonstop, and you know there'd be a big prize. And this guy Donald Crowhurst was one of the people who entered the race. And he was an amateur sailor. Um, he clearly was unprepared for, you know, just how big of a, a, a journey this was. And um, he ended up having a lot of problems. Uh, he didn't get very far. And he decided to come up with an elaborate scheme in which he would just um, hang out in his boat and wait for the other com- competitors to, to, to get around the world. And when they were on their way back, to England on the last part of the, the voyage, he would try to sneak back in um, and finish the race that way. And well, for a lot of reasons, it, it, it didn't work. And he probably ended up going a bit crazy and committing suicide. Um, that's the uh, that's the that's the brief the brief <laughs> version. But um, <laughs> but reading this, what what. What's fascinating to me about this guy's story is um, when they talk about his backstory, um, there's some there's some there's some interesting, strange things in there that they kind of just gloss over um, Mm -hmm. about how did you see the part where it was like when he was when he was a little kid, his his mother really wanted to have a girl instead of a boy so she made <laughs> she dressed him up as a girl right? that was crazy so, <laughs> and, it, and for and and for like seven years seven, seven years and and then you see he he ran into some problems that they don't quite know everything that happened but he 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 got asked to leave school he got asked to leave the air force that was um, crazy 
Right. So I, I think just, just my amateur psychology here, I, I think what we have is we have this, this guy who was probably kind of a damaged person, right? Like his upbringing was clearly, there was some stuff that was off about it. And he probably wasn't a very well-adjusted person. And then he, then he went into business for himself. His business wasn't doing that well. And I think he saw this, this race opportunity as a, he thought this was it. This is how I can become a success. And, um, and then, you know, it went very wrong. Um, do you think that sounds like an accurate reading of, of what might've happened here? Yeah, I think yeah. with, uh, that's why I couldn't really agree with the word enjoy. Uh, Cause I just felt so bad for him. Like, he, this poor man has the, the, this last shred of hope that he's going to build this great boat and people are going to care about this, his great invention and it's going to put him back on top and then it totally falls apart and it costs him his life. Like, oh, that just sounds so tragic. It and does, right? I feel so bad. And and the um, um, I, I heard about this because I actually – I. One day I was just browsing Netflix a couple years ago and I came across a documentary about about this this race and this guy. And it was called it's called Deep Water. And um, I didn't really know what it was about at all going into it. And I just put it on and was just sucked into it. Um, it's very fascinating. What's 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 crazy is, you know, he his plan, his plan to get out of it was, you know, it almost would have worked. Yeah. Right. It yeah. almost would have worked um, because so that so all so there ends up being nine people, um, nine people sign up for this race, and um, like five of them don't make it very far. Like it becomes clear like the five people are dropped out of it very early, and he's one of the the other four. Um, but he hasn't even gotten very far. He hasn't even gotten around South America yet. When he realizes there's no way I can make this, his boat is got problems. Um, it clearly wasn't ready to go because he didn't leave until the very last day that you were allowed to leave in this race. Mm-hmm. So it clearly wasn't ready. Um, it was, you know, falling apart. And he decides, well, what I can do, I can't turn around because he's put all of his money into this. He's going to be ruined if he just, you know, bails on the race. Mm-hmm. He's got sponsors. Um, people are counting on him to do this. And he thinks, well, I can just I can just hide here and I'll send in reports that I'm, you know, going along along the journey. But no one will know that I'm just hanging out off the off the coast of Brazil here. And and when everyone comes back around, I'll slip back in. I'll come in like fourth. You know, it'll be no big deal. And, you know, I won't I won't I won't win this. They won't be looking at me too close. I'll just try to sneak back in. I'll be the last of these four to make it. And it's not that bad of a plan, except that um, when he's getting ready to do that, when he's getting ready to join the other four, one person has finished, but he was the first one to leave and he took a really long time. Mm -hmm. So um, any of these other three people that make it are going to beat that time. But the other two people that he's planning to, to, to be lagging behind, one of them crashes unexpectedly towards the end of the race and another guy the french guy bernard moitessier decides at the last minute to turn around and go around the world again (laughs) he just bails on the race so it makes it to where if he if crowhurst finishes he's going to be the winner 
and there's no way his his scheme will hold up, right? Yeah, so he said something that like he was sure that if he came in fourth, they wouldn't check his logs too closely to see if he'd actually made that journey. Right. But because he's coming in first, they're really gonna scrutinize. So he's <laughs> trapped at that point. So he's yeah, so he's trapped at that point, and they don't really know what happened to him except that they never found him and his. They, you know, his boat just eventually drifted up to some island somewhere. Um, so they assumed that he just jumped off the boat and that was that, um, which is, um, yeah, a tragic, a tragic end to a tragic story. Um, but uh, very fascinating. I would recommend this, this documentary if, um, if, if, you, if you see it. It's, um, it's really good. And they've also made some, like, uh, you know, fictionalized movie versions, too. Um, well, so that so that's that's uh that's mine. That's a great um, it, When you go down the Wikipedia rabbit hole on this one, I think uh, my favorite my favorite link that comes out of this is the one about Bernard Moitessier, um, the the French sailor who who abandoned the race in the middle to try to go around the world again and ended up uh, staying in Tahiti and basically basically abandon his wife and everything it's oh it's, it's really it's really wild <laughs> you know? I didn't click on that one that sounds great <laughs> once again the treacherous french uh <laughs> coming in and just ruining somebody's plan she's like what do you got against the french <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> you know he's probably like oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> You thought I would finish the race, but I that's when I turned my boat around. <laughs> oh my gosh. Not to uh, jump ahead, but Motessier, what a name. <laughs> that is. What a name. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good name. We're going to talk about some names in a little bit. Um, thanks for reading this, you guys. I, w- I want to go to uh, to Sarah's next about, uh, about Lost Film. What can you tell us about this? All right, so this article on Lost Film is basically just uh, a overview of different ways in history, since the history of, of us being able to capture moving images, certain uh, pieces have been lost, never to be able to be recovered again. So uh, a lot of film, especially in the early stages of the film industry during the silent era, and the early talkies. Uh, and during most of the 20th century itself, copyright law required every American film to be deposited at the Library of Congress, but the Library of Congress was not required to retain those copies. So a lot of um, a lot of films were lost this way because the Library of Congress just like got rid of the copies because they couldn't store so many. And the studios didn't keep a copy either. So we just don't we have records of these films but we don't have any way to see them anymore mm-hmm. um what i find really interesting in this to read this article is to go through like what films have been uh and reasons why they've been lost like one is that they the copies the, the library of congress thing but also because of uh technology like films that were filmed in on nitrate uh basically go bad and are, are highly flammable they just like combust on fire or become so distorted that they can't be uh seen anymore 
And what this article doesn't go into, which um, I wish it did, is that even like making a digital copy of a film doesn't uh, necessarily ensure that that film will exist forever either, because uh, technology goes bad that way, too. Like, imagine if you the only way you sort a film was on a floppy disk and we got to a point where we had no way of reading that floppy disk. That film is gone forever. Um, I just think this kind of interesting, like some films that uh, have been lost that stick out are like um, Gold Diggers on Broadway, The Rogue <laughs> Song, these John Barrymore films that are like really, he's a big actor and we just never have these films again. Uh, there's a really good section in this uh, Wikipedia article about lost films that are lost a little later, like in uh, that talks about 70s and Ed Wood a lot of his films have been lost forever and one of them resurfaced in a yard sale in 1992 like a film that called Necromania that was lost for years somebody found in 1992 in a, like somebody's yard sale I don't know it's like full of interesting facts like that if you care about the history of film I think it's a good read it was I, I, I'm it was surprised that just um uh, well, a couple of things that stood out to me was just how often these these film these film vaults would get destroyed in a fire. Yeah, the it's nitrate like, film would just combust. <laughs> and and what's the what's the deal with film vaults always having fires? It's like you have one job, film vault, <laughs> and you're you're catching on fire all the time. It's the conditions inside too. I think that like, yeah, they just combust, man. I don't know. It's it's hard to store <laughs> nitrate film. That's why they stopped making it. This uh, and this this whole idea of um, what they called it they called it wiping. Um, oh, yeah. Where um, uh, they would either like in the older days they would they would re- they would just recycle the film because it had silver in it and so it was it was more valuable to just get the silver out of the film than to keep the film, yeah. which is which is wild. And then later like sometimes these these companies would would have stuff on tape and they would just be taping over it like to reuse the tape like like this was the VHS days and you would like record a you know a baseball game and then tape over it later with you know an episode of Growing Pains yeah <laughs> but that's what that's what these people did who own these films that's that's crazy isn't that hilarious that is very funny and these things and people didn't think anything of it because in the early days of film it, it didn't seem like an important medium like no one thought that it was gonna matter to get rid of these little films uh and it they end up like they do make an impact in the history of the art that they're gone so mm-hmm. people just film over them or get rid of them or throw them away so all these like important uh keystones in the history of the technology of the of the industry and everything and could are just lost forever and it's it's still like relevant you know uh, the sort of thing yeah, still still goes on even in the whole you know even in the whole digital world you know even though we we think that all of our data is you know, safe up in the cloud somewhere you know things still get lost um you know servers still crash and people lose data and and we've all seen how the way that that the file types you know what's being used changes over time and you know, you go you go back to get some document from 10 years ago, and it only works in some word processor program that nobody even has anymore. Yep. And that could happen to the films of today. Imagine, uh, I don't know, like 2085, Black Panther, nowhere to be seen. <laughs> right? That is true. That's very true. 
So it kind of underscores the the need for pr preservation. You know, that's kind of relevant from a library perspective as well. Yeah, and uh, this article does link to Martin Scorsese's preservation, uh, film preservation. What's it called? Let me see. Yeah, his Scorsese's Film Foundation, where uh, they spend a lot of time restoring old films so that they can be preserved and kept um, and being prevented from being lost before it happens, uh, which is uh, another great link if you want to go down the wiki rabbit hole to look into that whole process. You can click on those links. There's also a great list at the end that you can go through all and like comprehensive list of all the films that have been lost, um, including... Films that have been found, thought lost, and then discovered later. Uh, so have fun mm -hmm. clicking on that. Yeah, this was, this was a fun one. Thank you, Sarah, for sharing this. And now, um, if we can get into a, um, a film that maybe should have been lost, um, <laughs> <laughs> we talk about Empress's article. Tell, tell us about this. So um, I was on Twitter not too long ago, and on Twitter, it was saying that, you know, you thought that Tiger King was the most dangerous film. Well, Roar Film is actually the most dangerous film ever created. <laughs> now, this is basically like a father-son duo. The father, who is also the writer and the director, Noel Marshall, and his son, John uh, Marshall, he was also the uh, lead actor. They and also the cast, film cast, and the crew, they were injured to the point like 70 people, like 70 people were injured throughout the whole um, filming of the uh, movie. Now, what was interesting to me was the fact that it was basically talking about, you know, in a comedic way, how to preserve wildlife especially in you know in Africa dealing with big cats and this is basically based in, in the 1980s and um it's an American film but ironically they did not drop the film in America they actually did well in Germany but all over the world it was a considered a flop um <laughs> it, they only made about like two million in the um box uh, box office and um if you sit down and actually pay attention to the plot and the storyline yeah it, it was pretty choppy but it but in the flip side it taught you you know what practices you should not do in order to make a film you know actually like safety first this should be your main priority instead of you know showing a film um but the film, it's basically about um, Marshall. He's a um, venturist, um, uh, natural, uh, naturalist, and he's trying to study big cats in Africa, specifically in the Tanzanian uh, Wildlife Preserve. However, while his friend, uh, not his friend, excuse me, his family is coming home from the airport, they are, um, his friend, he uh, gets stopped by, um, by them and it will stop him and says, hey, you know, the cats, there's an issue here. And um, the cats start to follow them to get to the family. And um, which is funny because it's like 
instead of him studying them, they were actually following his life. And um, uh, it, I think, too, I liked it because it was like, you know, a big thing about Tiger King, how everybody, um, especially it was a Netflix craze, you know, everybody was talking about how um, they're there's theories about certain people and how they're, you know, certain practices with cats. But then again, there was a film back in the 1980s, like, which was like the beginning of, you know, Tiger King. So, um, and another thing, if you go down to the Wikipedia article and the reference area, I actually looked into the um, interview with the lead role um, John Marshall, and he was basically explaining how it was it was real terror in their eyes. Like you actually saw the terror in in everybody's eyes when you saw not only like so many cats. Like they were only supposed to have fifty cats. They had about like they had over a hundred cats, and they were big. And on top of that, they were untrained. They were just in sh- they were in shock. Like, are you am, am I actually going to do this? And also he, he was saying like, I don't regret doing this. However, it shows what, not, what not to do for a film. Like my father was really insane, but they've actually grown up with cats. So I, it was pretty, it was a pretty interesting story. I would say the least. It was really interesting. You, you know what I found interesting? The part that said that this was the last film he ever made. <laughs> really? That was the last film ever. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I would hope so. I, I would assume so, too. I, I want to check it out, actually, just because, you know, just for cult uh, cult references. <laughs> yeah, I would have to watch it after reading the article. Yeah, same, same here. This was just it just sounded like it sounded like just an all-time bad idea. Like, is this maybe the worst idea ever? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, also, um, the lead, um, the tiger, the lead tiger, Tigor, he actually bit the assistant director in the neck and the jaw, and he he almost bled out to death. As well as Marshall, he he was bitten up to like eleven times and diagnosed with blood poisoning and gangrene in the midst of this. I, it was insane. There was like, <laughs> like over seventy injuries during the filming of it. Yes, it was. That's oh crazy. my god. Yeah, definitely. You know, shades of Tiger King. With uh, I mean, a lot of people <laughs> did quit, but a lot of people got severely injured and came back and still worked on this thing. Yes. Which is which is. This is just wild. Um, a, a few things that I really enjoyed was I like how the the it sounds like the whole idea to make this movie just came because because they 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 were in Africa and they saw some lions in a house mm-hmm. and they were like oh well, we should make a movie about lions in a house. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and they were it it was actually in California like they built up like a little spot in California and trying to keep it like on the DL uh, especially with like some of the cats they were actually supposed to return some of the cats and they never did <laughs> they were actually stealing some of the felines it was it was wow it was I, also, I, I love how the original title they were going to use was lions lions and more lions yeah, oh no 
<laughs> real work of art this is great oh, also uh, the way that the um the three kids his three kids their characters names were just their actual names they were <laughs> john marshall wanted to make a film as he just wanted to justify living with a hundred big cats that's it. really didn't put that much effort into the film itself no. even though it took 11 years to make yeah, it took it took eleven years, and they had they basically sold everything they had to to keep making it. Yeah. Right, they lost all their yeah. houses. They literally sold their clothes. <laughs> that was insane. All for yeah. a lion film. It's just just an all time bad. This was this was crazy. That was a just, great part. A great choice. Story. Eighties, wild times, wild times. <laughs> <laughs> This is, yeah, I really enjoy the Wikipedia Club. I'm glad that we've made this a recurring thing. We'll have to we'll have to come back around to this um, here pretty soon. Um, but before that, I have some more important matters to discuss. We've got a we've got a mic hot in the streets, and that is the uh, name of the year tournament is back on. Name of the year 2020. Did you guys take a look at these names? I did. I sure did. <laughs> I did. This is one of my favorite things that happens every year on the internet which when we get to look at just all the absolutely wild names that that came up this year and um and then and then have a vote and see see who had the name of the year um how do you guys want to do this do you do you want me to try to go through the names like rapid fire style and 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 then and then decide who, who we have coming out of the the different regions of the bracket i mean I, I might not i might not be able to make it i can try <laughs> I don't know if we have to read them. I think we just talk about our picks, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're gonna we'll, we'll link to the to the bracket in the uh, in the show notes. So make sure you check that out. Um, who? <laughs> these names are so good. Um, yeah, I think you're right. It would take too long to go through all the names. Let's just let's just go through the final four. Um, who does well, everyone let's through, have? Let's go through region, each region and each state, like our winner and our honorable mentions. <laughs> yes, let's do that. Okay, so okay. um, so we'll start in the uh, in the Bulltron region, the the uh, the the one in the top left. Um, who did who did you have coming out of this region, Sarah? Well, I uh really had an affinity for waffles natsich great and dr reason's machete uh good always good when there's a doctor in there always good when there's a doctor it just adds a little and i never believe that the doctor's real i think that's just added to the name like it's not an actual title just your first name's doctor um but my my i have to give the winner for the Boltron region to flow low <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. uh simple monosyllabic great rhyming has everything you need in the name flow low is 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 pretty good um what about you empress what do you have? <laughs> i mean they were all pretty good but what really caught my eye and sarah said it was dr reason machete like <laughs> that right there it's just an oxymoron within it you know especially if you want to have like a great horror villain in a game dr reason machete 
that's that's probably a good boss to fight at the end. Yeah. <laughs> good <laughs> boss name. That's pretty good. No, so nobody was a big fan of Math Daniel Squirrel. Daniel's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, or you know, another good one is um is Hannah Moody Goo. <laughs> yeah, Moody. Yes, that was. I enjoyed cool. I enjoyed that one, but my um I also like Kaiser Pontoon, a little un- underrated. Um, but my my winner is in this in this bracket is um Gennaro Bizarro. Oh. I um mm-hmm. I like. I, you know, I'm, I like the, I like the ones that rhyme. You know, it, it brings me back to Raimundo Mundo from last year. Um, <laughs> Gennaro Bizarro, that's who I've got coming out of coming out of this region. Um, Symmetric <laughs> Strong is also a good one. Symmetric Strong. Sounds like a Symmetric It's pretty good. Um, let's go. We'll go. Let's move over to the top right, um, the Dragon Wagon region. Um, these regions are named after previous winners, by the way. Um, this, there's some strong names in, in this one. Um, you go first, Dara. All right. Um, Helga Radio is a great one from it. Is this in this one? Wait. Yeah, I think I you're in the wrong one. I'm in the wrong one. Sorry. Yeah. Cut that out, Mike. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Come over. Go over to the – look at the top right. We're in the top right. Yes. Here. There you go. Uh, Billy Jack Buzzard is a good one. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Billy Jack Buzzard. I love when the first name is two first names together, like uh, <laughs> Billy Bob or Billy Jack. It's great. But I have to give the winner to uh, Baron Cash Dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Baron Cash Dollar. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, what are your thoughts over here, Empress? What do you got? Oh, right. So out of this, I was. I was eyeballing um, sir, uh, what was it? Vanilla bean with an E. Vanilla bean with an E. <laughs> gotta add the E. Gotta got a little oomph to it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but Carmelo Mustachio. <laughs> that's that's it. That's my. That's like a Starbucks. Hey, can I get a Carmelo Mustachio? <laughs> Light cream, heavy sugar. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Oh man. So this 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 bracket over here, this has this is my winner is not gonna come out of this bracket, spoiler alert, but but I had a tough time because this is tough. It came down to me between Steve Cake Bread. <laughs> oh yeah. Steve Cake Bread. Yeah. <laughs> um, up against Eileen Strong, oh boy. <laughs> oh my <laughs> Strong, oh boy, that's 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 so good. But you know, I have a preference, and Vanilla Bean is a strong contender, also. But um, but for me, it it came down to it's Steve Cake Bread for me. Uh, (laughs) I love it when people have a food, you know, like a regular, like a totally normal part of their name, like Steve, and then the the last name is just a hilarious food name. So I've got Steve Cake Bread coming out of here. Um, while we're over here let's just uh, let's just move down to the region below here the one starting with beanbag america and uh, (laughs) and let's go through this one who you got coming out of here sarah i mean this was a really good one for me there's a couple uh adonis expose yes girl (laughs) what a great name for a drag queen oh my god 
Beanbag America is also a great one, especially with the K in America. It gives a little flair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I looked this one up. Beanbag America is actually a librarian, I believe. <laughs> really? Oh my gosh. And there's a. Uh, Another one in here too that I love, Decoldis Crawford. <laughs> Decoldis Crawford. Crawford. Yeah. Who but I think I, is a football. I think he's a college football player. Decoldis is just oh what a just dripping in swag. What a great That's name. That's really good. That's really good. Yeah, that but, name. It, the name is almost cooler than it is funny. Yeah, it's <laughs> the coolest name ever. Uh, but I, I, I really had to give it to Greenwick's Unthink for this category. <laughs> Greenwick's Unthink? Are you kidding me? That sounds like stroke babble. It's so <laughs> random and funny. <laughs> Greenwick's Unthink. It's pretty good. Oh. oh. Right, what do you have, Empress? I mean, hmm. Zero Maplestone. <laughs> Zero Maplestone. That sounds like a street somewhere in probably like Arizona or something like that. Somewhere far away. Yeah, I live on, you know, Zero Maplestone Drive. It's right <laughs> across the street from CVS. You will never miss it type of thing. But my 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 hands off, it goes to Connolly Wolfswink. <laughs> like that sounds like your Grandpa, smoking a cigar, you know, telling you about good old days. Hey, you know, this Wolf Swinkle. That's just a classic. <laughs> oh, it's pretty good. I mean, you know, you really can't go wrong. This this region was hard for me too because there's a lot of great names in here. Um, they're all they all seem really close together in terms of the quality. Um, I think you know I, I considered. Um, uh, Drew Watermolen. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Dudley Onderdonk. <laughs> uh, Stetson President. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Greenwick's Unthank is also, yeah, it's tremendous. Um, Glee Van Loon. Um, <laughs> but, my, um, but my pick coming out of this one has got to be um, Rimbertus Beer Poop. Oh my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> We say them aloud. Which leaves us just one region left. Uh, we go back to the to the bottom left. This is the uh, the the sit hole region. Um, good names over here too. You start, Sarah. Well, Fat John Cake. <laughs> Fat John Cake. Do I have to say anything else? Helga Radio. Helga, Helga Radio. I love that. <laughs> Uh, uh, smoky bacon. <laughs> smoky bacon. But, but I have to give it to Rod McQuality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's good. Rod McQuality. <laughs> Rod McQuality. Uh, I, spoiler alert. I, like, yeah, I have Rod McQuality I, as my my winner in this side as well. You um, do. McQuality <laughs> wears plaid and like has a tool belt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I love it when the when the name when the last name has kind of a normal word in there, but it's just it never should be a name. Yeah. <laughs> like um, it's it's kind of like um, when we when we were when we did that meme for Twitter um a while back that had that guy named Peter Economy. Oh my god, that, yeah. like, so funny. That's, <laughs> that's that's what Rod McQuality brings to mind for me. That's just so good. Um. 
what do you have, Empress, for this for this region? Uh, well, my actual champions within the region, um, but the underdog of that one is Destiny Guns. Destiny Guns. Destiny Guns, like. Two different words, like vice and virtue, just smashed together into one. Like, come on out. It's beautiful. I love it. But uh, if it comes down to the the final four, though, and the runner-up will be Lowell's North the Third. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned Lowell's North the Third. That's really good. Uh <laughs> My well, you know, my my pick out of this region is Rob McQuality, but I also want to honorable mention um, Silky Carlo and Perfecto <laughs> Cuervo. <laughs> um, Perfecto Cuervo is great, and and Mickey Mental is is kind of good. Isn't that a great like metal name? <laughs> <laughs> and like, that, guy, that guy plays bass in a metal band, Mickey Mental. Mickey Mental. Oh. We gotta add that to your your introduction, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe so. so. Maybe so. Uh, all right. Well, so, so all right. So now you've got your final four. One more time, uh, if you can review your final four and then tell us um, uh, who's your who's your winner. You start, Sarah. Uh, so I had for Boltron, I had Dr. Reason Machete, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, Flolo. I had Flolo. Hello. Uh, for Dragon Wagon, I had oh god, I can't remember. <laughs> You've already forgot. I believe you had Baron Cash Dollar. Baron Cash Dollar, yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. I had Greenwick's Unthank for I can't <laughs> read that. What's this category? Uh, you're you're in the Crotch Tangle region. Yeah. Crotch for Crotch Tangle, <laughs> I had Greenwick's Unthank, and for Sithole. We gave it to uh, Rod McQuality, but the winner <laughs> for me is Greenwick's Unthank. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I, I think we're going to come up with three different winners here, uh, but they're all—they're all winners, really, if you think about it. They so. really are. They are. Uh, Empress, what's your final four? My final four coming from the Bulltron region. I like Doctor Reason Machete. <laughs> That's a good one. From the Dragon Wagon region, I would I would say uh, Carmelo Mustachio. <laughs> that was good. Like I can only imagine that to be a Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts flavor in the next few months. In the Crotch Tangle region, hmm, old Grandpa Connolly Wolf Swingle. <laughs> gotta gotta give up to old Grandpa Wolf Swingle. And lastly, Sithole, eh, I would say Destiny Guns. Uh, and <laughs> the, the champion is Destiny Guns. Like, it's, it's <laughs> Destiny general. Guns. It's, it's, just, it's sweet, short, to the oh, point. And it just, it just feels so, I don't know. It just, it just feels strong within itself, Destiny Guns. <laughs> oh, that is, that is great great. choice. Great choice. Uh, Destiny Guns. <laughs> I do like the sim- the simpler ones. Um, so my final four was um, uh, Gennaro Bizarro. Yes. And in the Dragon Wagon, it was Steve Cakebread. Um, and they're going up against, um, 
Oh, I lost it. Where did it go? Uh, Rimbertus Beerpoot. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and, um, and from the Sid Hole, Rod McQuality. And my winner, it's got to be Rod McQuality. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Rod great one. You know, any, any name that sounds like, you know that thing that, that Trump supposedly does where he pretends to be his own, like, assistant when he's on the phone with people? That sounds like a name that he could use, like, yeah, this is Rod McQuality. Uh, <laughs> 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 that's so perfectly vivid. It's unimaginable. Man. Wow. So That's great. We had three different winners. That's, that's wonderful. Um, anyway, I can tell you that, so the voting has been going on for a while. They're actually down to the finals now. And so, um, you know, America has chosen their favorites. They, they have in the final, um, Math Daniel Squirrel going against, um, uh, one that we didn't even mention and that's, um, Corvassier Dingle. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) There's, there's still time to go vote on Twitter if you want, but, um, I, I think they're all winners. You can't really pick a winner. You know, it's just, everybody's a winner here. These names are great. They are. Um, They really are. Thank you for participating in these uh, shenanigans. Uh, I look forward to 2021's bracket. I'm sure it'll be another heater. Just an all-time fun internet nonsense. I guess that is about all for this week, so we'll probably sign off here. Thank you guys once again for creating content with me. Anybody have any last words of advice before we sign off? Sarah, keep it spicy. Keep it spicy, Empress. Wear your mask and wash your hands. <laughs> that, was, that was really good. And and remember, folks, you got to walk it like you talk it. <laughs> <laughs>